Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. You're listening to a Zweig Letter Podcast exclusive, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting guru Mark Zweig and his team of experts straight talk in your ear. Mark has more than 30 years of experience helping AEP and environmental firms thrive, and these podcasts deliver his invaluable management, industry, client, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts let you develop professionally, wherever you are. Hey everyone, and thank you for joining Zweig Group Media and the Zweig Letter exclusive interview series. With almost 25 years of continuous coverage of the design industry, the Zweig Letter is a constant in an ever-changing marketplace. We are bringing you some of the best and brightest minds that our industry has to offer. Today, I am pleased to welcome Dr. Paul W. Grosser, president of PWGC, also known as PW Grosser Consulting, based in Bohemia, New York. Paul, it's great to have you join us today. Instead of me reading off a litany of things about your firm, why don't you tell us a little bit about PWGC? Great to be with you here today, Randy. Uh, PW Grocer Consulting is a broad-based environmental firm. We do everything from water and wastewater through uh, Superfund type of work, uh, also geothermal heating and cooling systems, uh, a lot of geotech, anything to do with ground, the, the ground or groundwater. So uh, we're not really very greatly focused, but we operate in a number of niche industries as well um, based upon our skills. Okay. So, um, I mean, and obviously you guys, it, I know that this kind of started out um, as a one-man shop back in 1990, and, and you have grown it over, wow, I mean, it's like 26 years. Can you can you believe it when you look back and think about the time that has lapsed since you started the company? No, time sure flies. Uh, it's interesting how it's grown over the years. Uh, we had pretty steady growth up until the recession. Well, actually, we did pretty good at the start of the recession with some stimulus money that came our way. But then after that, it's been been kind of tough. It's, it's been uh, some downs, not real far down, but down, and it's been flat for us. Uh, we're starting to see things improve now, and uh, 2016 looks like a pretty good year, and 2017 looks even better. Oh, well, that's awesome. That's good to hear, and we're certainly hearing that among other peer firms that we interact with around the country. So we we, we understand that you know, especially in the design industry, the ebb and flow of work and. Uh, sometimes you're, you're riding the wave and the other times you're kind of like in the middle and then sometimes you're like almost under the wave, if you will. So um, I think it's the idea of how does how, as, a, as, a, as a firm, as you run your organization, how do you kind of keep your head above water throughout no matter what? Because, of course, 
there's so many people relying on on uh, you, your company, i.e., your employees and their families. So uh, it's definitely um, uh, an important endeavor. Yeah, I, I liken it to a roller coaster ride, and you and you're pretty much riding three roller coasters at the same time when you when you're dealing with cash flow and backlog and uh, keeping people happy. So. You're never really on the top with all three of them at the same time. You've always got something to worry about, something to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I was reading a little bit about about your firm, and, and I know you guys are so you're saying civil, uh, environmental, and geotechnical. Would you say that your strong suit is in all of those areas, or is there one area that stands out above the rest? Um, wish it was strong across the board. I think. Uh, we're doing a lot of brownfields redevelopment right now, so so that's really nice to be doing, and, and some really large projects. Uh, we recently uh, won a project, and we just started on it for sewering a large area, so uh, that's going to be exciting. And uh, we're doing some really interesting geothermal things. We've just finished up or finishing up uh, one for St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City and uh, Roosevelt Island for Cornell. University that's uh, underway for geothermal system there, uh, and we're on cutting edge issues with, with the geothermal and trying to bring it up to a campus scale in a number of locations. So we've got some really strong people in a number of different areas. So and and you know speaking of the geothermal piece, and I lived in the Boston area for about 17 years, so there were several times when when I was looking at my heating bill and I was like, man, if this whole geothermal thing could really take hold and I can take advantage of, of some of the cost savings, would you mind just talking a little bit about that? And even at, like you said, at the scale that you're doing geothermal work, work at the end of the day, what, what kind of savings uh, will the university reap because of this type of effort? These things vary depending on the, on the particular situation and the, and the particular geology. Um, there are some instances where it's just a, a couple of years you reap the savings. Other places, uh, <clears throat> St. Patrick's Cathedral, it's going to be a long time, but they've made a conscious decision of they want to do it this way, so it, it becomes less of an issue. Our forte is really understanding the ground side of the system, and, and that's the key on how much it's going to cost because that's the expensive part, and what kind of system you use, and uh, how expensive that system is going to be. St. Patrick's Cathedral, we've got, I don't know, somewhere about 10 holes, 1,600 feet deep. Uh, they're expensive to drill in the middle of Manhattan. Uh, other places, we use open loop systems where it can be relatively cheap, and you've got a water, a water supply well and a return well. Uh, it works fairly, fairly well. So it varies. We stress to everyone, do a feasibility study before you get started. And look at what that uh, return on investment is, and then make your decision. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know that obviously there are a lot of private applications for geothermal, and I just I didn't realize that they were doing geothermal on on a commercial side, um, you know, for a wide number of applications. So. Yeah, we we've done it for a number of schools and universities. Uh, it works out well. We, we split off a side stream. Use it. Use the water for irrigation. Um, so kind of recycle things. Oh, that's awesome. I love to hear that. I'd love to hear that. So um, so tell me a little bit about, and, and, and this was some of, some of the homework that I did on, on your firm. I know that you guys have received numerous awards and accolades, uh, including being a multi-year 
uh, Zwei Group Best Firm to Work For, and a Marketing and Excellence Award winner. So, you know, just curious, what do these awards mean to you uh, both personally and how have they impacted uh, PWGC when it comes to getting new business and maybe attracting great talent to your firm? The best firms to work for is, is, is something we're quite proud of. Um, it really comes from the employees. There's a questionnaire, a survey that goes to the employees. Uh, we get very high marks from the employees. Uh, we try very hard to communicate with them. It seems to come through. Uh, integrity is always really high on their list, which uh, is pleasing. It's good to see, you know, you talk about it, you try and do it, but does it come across all the time? Uh, it's hard to figure out sometimes, so it's really nice to do that. We've got some neat programs uh, that's, that's really helpful for people. Um, the local county has a program for first-time home buyers, and we essentially give our employees a $5,000 forgivable loan uh, towards it, and they can reap up to about $70,000 worth of uh, rebates on the cost of the house as well as improvements to the home. So it, it's a really good thing when you can give someone who's 25, 26 years old and just starting their career and just starting getting into things uh, $5,000 and all of a sudden he's got you know, a year and a half's worth of salary uh, benefiting from it. So, so we, we're really proud of that. Uh, we think it, it attracts our programs, attract people. We're known for having a flexible workplace. We have people telecommuting. Uh, we've seen that improve to branch offices where we've been able to grow those branch offices from the telecommuters. So um, it works out really well for us for, for, on the recruiting side. The marketing awards, and we, we have a number of ACEC uh, engineering excellence awards, that just shows that we've got good people and they're doing good work. And that's, that's what makes it go around for us. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I actually, I love it. I love that housing idea from a retention standpoint to do that. Now, is that offered exclusively in in the hometown where your company is headquartered, or is it in the whole county where you are? It's in the in the two counties. Okay. Okay. So it's in both Nassau and Suffolk counties. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Wow. That's that. That's a huge benefit. That you actually give me an idea to share with some of my clients in terms of ways to. Um, create some more re retention programs internally within the organization. I thought paying off student loans was a big deal, but, you know, helping somebody buy their first home, that's, I really like that idea. So yeah, kudos, kudos to you. Could, could you, would you mind telling us how many people have actually taken advantage of that? Um, I would guess we've got three to five people. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and you're in a firm your size. That's pretty good. It's usually one or two a year, probably for the last three or four years. So maybe it's even more. Okay. Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so um, <clears throat> now, given given that, and, and are you finding it, you know, speaking of finding talent, are you finding it hard to find good people qualified in the in the areas, uh, the lines of business that you operate in? On the uh, geologist side, uh, we're finding it relatively easy. We seem to be able to identify a lot of candidates, bring them in, and, and get them. We've just hired three in the last two or three weeks, uh, and relatively kind of on demand. Uh, the engineering side is a little more difficult. Uh, one of the things we, we're seeing we need is some flexibility on where they work. We do have an office in New York City, 
And many of these young people would prefer to be in New York City than out on Long Island in the suburbs. So uh, we're flexible on that as, as, to, as to where they work. Uh, and we've got a lot of work we're doing in the city anyway, and they can be serviced from either office. Okay. And I know I also noticed that you guys, how long ago you opened up an office in the state of Washington? Was that due to a specific project that you were working on out there, or was there just so many opportunities that you couldn't pass up a chance to, to set up an office out there? No, a uh, very good employee of ours who had been with us for five or six years came into my office and said, uh, I got to give notice to you, I'm moving to Seattle. Uh, to be where my family is kind of congregating. And, uh, you know, and I said, well, don't get carried away. Um, let's talk about this. And uh, she went out there. She, she was telecommuting for the last five or six years again. In the meantime, she got married, had a couple of children, uh, and it all worked out fine. And then last year, uh, we bought a firm out there that specializes in hospital compliance, which is what she does. And it was um, an individual who wanted to tr transition his business. He was 65 years old, uh, didn't want to just drop it and lose the value. So we gave him uh, some compensation for it. And he took her on as a protege. And they've been working uh, together. And the office has been doing great. Uh, we've been able to add another person out there. And um, it's a booming economy out in Seattle. If you go out there, you see all the cranes and Thirty percent growth in the next uh, ten years, so we're really happy with that. Oh, that's awesome! So, how many people are in that particular office right now? There's three people there right now, and I've got some people here who'd like to go out there. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Seattle. Yeah, it's the, the the biggest issue with Seattle. We actually do some work with some clients out there, and, and if people don't know about it, there's this whole sad issue um, with you know just the fact of the um, the weather and some other factors that can impact the emotions of individuals. And, and so it was something that we were kind of mildly aware of, but we didn't, we didn't realize how important it was to acknowledge it until we started relocating some people out to Seattle. And, and it's, it certainly is something that you have to be aware of. Yeah, I wouldn't get hung up on the weather because our people out there are very outdoorsy type people. They're out, you know, playing soccer, going camping, going fishing and, and hunting and things. So uh, it doesn't seem to stop them at all. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's really good to hear. So, um, all right. Well, the, you know, given your background and expertise, and this was something that as I was reading your profile, and I mean, you, you've got, you've got degree, your, your degrees have degrees, but, 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 you know, I, I'm just curious, um, you know, you've got a background in water resources and groundwater issues, and I'm just curious, and I'm sure maybe people, other people have talked to you about that. You know, what, what is your response to this whole Flint water crisis? Is, was, was that really uh, just a major debacle or, or what, what's the deal with that? Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I'm not intimately involved with it, but it sure looks like it was a major debacle. Um, the first question you ask when you're changing water sources or what's the impact on water quality and, and what's that going to look like Um We've done numerous lead and copper studies, and we know the impact of corrosion uh, on, on lead and copper piping and, and lead solder. And it's a significant issue that's got to be addressed, and apparently people ignored it. And you know, I might look to place blame, but it sounds like people in, in positions of responsibility intentionally ignored it and didn't listen to the engineers uh, 
telling me there's something you should be concerned about. So it sounds like from, and again, I, I haven't done anything beyond watch, um, you know, a special on Nightline and, and, and a couple of World News Tonight reports, but um, the, it sounds like the engineers kept ringing the bell and saying, look, you guys need to be aware of this, and nobody heeded the warning. Yeah, you know, sometimes you get in these situations and you try and, you know, you bang the shoe on the table even, and it, it doesn't seem to help. Uh yeah, and and now there's lawsuits going to the engineers because you didn't bang the shoe hard enough. Oh right? man, yeah. So it's almost like you can't win for losing. Right. So yeah, that's too bad. That's too bad. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, one of the things that we're trying to do here on the uh, the Zweigletter interview series is is we want to go deeper for our audience and uh, learn who the real Paul Grosser is. So we have a couple of simple questions that we'll we'll end our interview with. And hopefully we'll we'll have some fun in the process. So, um, so first of all, tell me what was the last book that you read? Um, I was trying to work my way through um, a book on George H. W. Bush. I got I don't know a third of the way through, and it's, it's still sitting somewhere collecting dust now. Okay, okay. So still working on that one. Right. Okay. All right. Well, the next question is, where did you last go on vacation? Last vacation was uh, the Bahamas, Atlantis. Okay. I hear that's a really nice resort. It's very nice and we enjoy it there and I don't do any work. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Okay. Now, the next question is, if you could binge watch one TV series, old or new, what would it be? Oh geez, um, I'd have to go back to something like Laughing or Mash, and just uh, watch all of those and bring back some old times. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, in my in the back of my mind, one of the things that I used to watch a lot growing up, and of course I'll date myself now, is Leave It to Beaver, and I actually used to really enjoy that. And I think I think one time when I was sick, I, I watched like twelve episodes on a row. Uh, on TV land, and please don't tell anybody, although this is being recorded, but uh, I I really enjoyed that for sure. So, um, A different time and a different perspective on life. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so I got two more questions for you. Um, Are you more interested in the autonomous car or space exploration? Um, Autonomous car. Okay, Why, why, why would you say that? Um... Well, as an engineer, both of them are cutting edge types of things. Uh, I tend to be a little closer to home than trying to go to Mars. Right. So uh, let me see what something I can put my hands on. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I like that. I like that. All right. So this is the last question for you. I know you are a runner. So if you qualified for both but could only run one, which would it be, Boston or the New York Marathon? Well, I've run New York already a number of times, so I'd have to go for Boston. Okay. Well, that's kind of like the creme de la creme of marathons. So, yes. you know, that's I awesome. I wish I could qualify. Okay. Yeah, I know. That's the, that's the tough part. Living in Boston for 17 years, I always felt like I could just go down to the race and jump in and, and be part of the crowd. But, man, I'm going to tell you, those those guys at the lead, the lead pack are moving so fast that you don't realize how quick those guys are running until you're right up on them watching them run. It's it's 
it's quite the spectacle for sure. So we're trying to keep up with them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, Paul, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your schedule uh, to be with us on the Zweig Letter interview series. We really appreciate that. And as a reminder to all, for all of the Zweig Group media programs like this one, uh, they are available both in podcast format as well as video for free. Uh, you can download them on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube, just to name a few places. We'd like to thank you for watching this in video or listening to the podcast by offering you a free copy of the Zweig Letter. Just visit info.zweiggroup.com forward slash free TZL. A link to all this information will be in our show notes. And we would love it if you would share this link with a friend. I'm Randy Wilburn, and you've been listening to Zweig Group Media, part of Zweig Group. Remember, we exist to make you more successful. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in to this Swag Letter Podcast exclusive. We hope that you can apply Mark's no-holds-barred advice to your daily professional life. For a free transcript of this or any episode of our podcast, please visit info.zwiggroup.com slash podcast. If you want more wisdom and inspiration, in addition to information about finance, HR, and marketing your firm, subscribe to the print or digital version of the Zweig Letter online at zweiggroup.com slash publications.